I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. For all of our San Francisco listeners, come out next Thursday, May 9th, to meet some of the Dateable fam, favorite past guests, and other listeners. We are partnering with 941 Social Club, where you'll get free drinks at 10 Polk Street bars. Tickets are only $15 after using our code DATABLE, which includes these free drinks for iPhone users and a chance to meet new friends and possibly a new date if you get lucky. Don't forget to use the code DATABLE for $5 off. And also, so we can tell you where the meeting spot for the Dateable family is. We'll have the event posted on our Facebook page or go to datablepodcast.com slash Polk Street Pub Crawl to get your tickets today. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I don't think we really talked about occupations no. and dating. We I, did Startup Founder. We did Startup Founder. That was about it. And that yeah. was just, you know, like not industry specific. 
So our guest today has a specific occupation in a specific industry with experiences that he'd like to share with us. His name is Donovan. Hi, Donovan. How are we doing? We're good. You know, people are always curious how we get our guests. So I think it's good to reveal how we source Donovan. We met him <laughs> at South by Southwest in Austin. Yeah, at a podcast yeah. meetup. At a podcast meetup. And actually, we source quite a few guests yeah. from, from uh, South by. So that was very productive for us. So just a little background on Donovan. He's 30 years old. Before I get to his occupation, because we haven't even revealed that yet. <laughs> he is 30 years old. He currently lives in Austin, originally from the Midwest, born in St. Louis and lived in Indiana before Texas. He's currently single and a musician. Julie, have you ever dated a musician? Or I have not. Have you? None that I would call musicians. I would say they dabbled. Yep. I've like oh. often fantasized about dating a musician. I remember I had a big crush in middle school on this guy named Bo Fitzgerald. He had his own band and it was like heavy metal. And I had the big, I was like, I am so in love with this guy. Today, I like, you know, decades later, I still search for him on Facebook, like just hoping that he made it big. I mean, I'm obviously curious to hear Donovan's point of view on some of the perceptions, but I will say my roommate of many years dated a musician. And I think some of the stereotypes that you think of definitely run true. So I would be curious to hear this, how it plays out more. Or she dated a musician. Yeah. What, what kind I, of, what did he do? Um, he was in like an indie folk band. Ah. Yeah, mm. like bluegrass band. So Interesting. There were definitely some stereotypes. I don't want to like taint the conversation yet so I can reveal <laughs> how much they lined up with your experience. Cool. I will say there was this one instance though where my brother was actually visiting from out of town and this guy came to my apartment to pick up my roommate and he had like a big van Ooh. that like looked like one of those like <laughs> Did it have van. windows? No, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> no. And it, like he was like literally like ushering my roommate into the back of the van and my brother was like oh my god is he going to like murder her like what's happening right now oh my and I was gosh. like no he's in a band it's his equipment like that's okay. a good start. If you drive a big old van without windows, you're either a criminal or you're a musician. It's like one of those white grape vans. Yes. I, I do not possess one of those vans. Not so. yet. So you haven't made it there yet. Donovan, what right. type of musician are you? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Actually, it's, it's very relevant. It depends on what type of musician you are and what mm. type of genre you play. A lot of varying factors there can you know, differ results. But uh, I sing in a a soul original, I soul R&B band, and I'm a frontman singer. I play a little bit of piano, but for the most part, I'm kind of a, you're dancing, energetic frontman, you're Mick Jagger type, for lack of a better example. We're definitely going to have you give a little sample later. I love what you wrote in. You said, (laughs) dating life as a musician isn't all it's cracked up to be. Most assume that we're swimming in exotic relationships, (laughs) and I can share my experience and shed some light on the reality of what musicians deal with in their personal lives. So I want, first of all, like I made that comment earlier, I've never dated a musician who, someone who identifies as a musician, what do you think qualifies someone as a musician? Like they would actually say, that's my occupation. I would say anybody who plays music for, you know, at least I wouldn't say for a living because what living, but most of us, <laughs> it's either like half of their income or they, they sustain themselves quite a bit on, on the music. If you just happen to be in a band, you know, you work a nine to five job that you have a, a moonlighting band. I mean, kind you're kind of a musician, but I guess I, I tend to think of musicians as the ones who are actually 
trying to make a living and they're, you know, it's their profession. Pretty Got much. It. And where are you in your musical journey? I'm about 10 years in. Wow. Uh, I moved from Indiana to Austin to put a band together. And I, I've already had a previous band that I've, you know, since I had a lot of experience with and, and disbanded a couple of years ago. And now I'm under my own name, just as my own project. And it's actually funny. It, I have a, another monkey wrench to throw in this scenario too, because I listened back to your podcast from a couple of weeks ago where you had the, it was the Hot for Ginger podcast. Oh yeah. Oh. You're also a ginger. Yes. <laughs> Listening to that podcast and everything he said, as far as like all the, all the issues that gingers have to deal with. I was like, yes, preach. <laughs> So basically, you're just stereotyped in every way. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that that's why it's actually worked negatively for me, not only because I've had, you know, that stereotype to, you know, circumvent, but also the, all of the stereotypes that get associated with musicians, which, you know, it wouldn't be a stereotype if it weren't true to some degree. But I would say that I am not falling into a lot of those stereotypes. And so I almost get like typecasted. Can we start with yeah. some of the positive ones? Yeah, what are some yeah. positive stereotypes <laughs> okay. that you like to associate yourself with. Okay. So being a musician, is a great way to meet, right? To get introduced to people because you're always out. That's your job. You're either at venues or, you know, you're performing in front of a lot of people. So, you know, getting to meet girls is, is easy being mm -hmm. a musician, but it's just getting to meet the quality is not so easy. We did a little Google search before mm -hmm. and there was okay. a lot of articles about dating music musicians. So yeah. there were some positive um, perceptions or I guess however you want to spin them. Them. Mm -hmm. Should I kick it off or do you want to go? Go for it, Julie. So I think the first one was that musician artists get tons, all caps, of gorgeous women falling for like them. Like it's just raining <laughs> hot women all the time. And oh, it's like boy. a pool of hot women everywhere. And you again, go. these I... are the perceptions. We're going to have you react to them after. But... Okay, I'll, I'll hold my reactions. Uh, musician artists regularly get groupies after all their shows. I love how absolute this is. Right? Too. I mean, it has to be true. It has to be true. I believe it. Musician... The internet says so. Musician artists can get any mate they choose. Ooh. Musician, them up. <laughs> musician artists have a lot of money. Musician artists are players or promiscuous. Mm -hmm. I don't know about this last one, but hilarious. Ugh. Musician artists get panties, parentheses, or bras, or boxer, boxer shorts thrown <laughs> at them. Well, that's better yeah. than getting something else thrown at you, I guess. <laughs> These are pretty good. I mean, just judging by this list alone, I like to be a musician. It sounds like a I pretty good I guess Donovan, can you relate to this, or is this so far from your experience? <laughs> I, I was just like, who wrote this? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah, man, I, they are so off base. It's not even funny. <laughs> what was the the first one? We can take them like bullet by bullet. Tons um, of gorgeous women falling. falling for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hold the phone. I, I'm. I know my experience has been. I. It depends on who you are. I mean, obviously, if you're you know baby faced and attractive, you're going to attract more. But oftentimes, as a musician, you're playing shows late at night by the time you're wrapped up playing it's two in the morning and they're kicking people out of the venue and you don't really have an opportunity to talk to anybody mm -hmm. so the fact that people like gorgeous women are just coming up to you after the show that really doesn't happen unless you just happen to be playing a show that's earlier or uh, somebody notices you from a local show on another day you're not playing or something randomly in a park or at a coffee shop or something but yeah that doesn't happen and i would say that as a younger person you know if you're if you're a musician in your teens or your 20s kind of 
attractive women, they are more shy. They're not going to just come up to you after a show because they'd be freaking out if they really were impressed by your performance mm. to even bother talking to you afterwards. So the ones that approach you after the show are the cougars. Okay. <laughs> not a bad and place to be. I, I, I could rack up some cougars, let me tell you. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be around a merch table or somewhere after talking to people and congratulating you and showering you with praise. And it'll be a bunch of cougars and then the girls <laughs> that you actually want to talk to are probably standing, I don't know, 10 feet away that, you know, maybe you make eye contact or something, <laughs> but there's no way unless you personally go over there and talk to them that you're probably getting any attention from them whatsoever. They're, they're trying to find you on Bumble. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's right. kind of funny because I feel like the word cougar, like you think of someone like following around a band and like, you know, like yeah. older generation. So I guess like... It is yeah. a generational <laughs> thing. Cougars are, are they, they're accustomed to being Groupies, groupies and, yeah, like, and the right. younger generations, they have no idea what that's like. So they're just be, listening on Spotify, like they're yeah, not, right. like yeah, they're group, they're a virtual groupie. <laughs> exactly. Right. Do you have a good like groupie story for us? Has there ever been kind of an unusual situation that has happened while you're on tour or after a show? Well. We were on the road last year, played a really great show. Uh, it was a really well-attended event, big lot of people there. But we were also the one of the opening middle acts. Um, so we were able to hang out afterwards. And that's that's the prime time because then you get to hang out with the audience and actually talk and dance with people. So one of the members of my band found a suitable girl and they were dancing the night away. And then I as well, I found somebody else. You know, you spend the night kind of knowing somebody. And I am not comfortable at all with just hooking up with a random stranger, like at all. So I'm one of those guys that's like, can we just talk? <laughs> yeah. So I have to get to know them. I have to kind of talk and you just, you need to know before you go that route is like, is this person a psycho or not? So it's already late at night. I think we got done with our show probably 1130 at midnight. We're hanging out for the next act who isn't done till 1, 130. And then I've got X amount of hours to try to get to know this person. And if things work out, then, you know, seal the deal. It ended up did happen, but it didn't happen until like four in the morning. I was pretty much worthless because I was on stage performing. I'm a very energetic performer. It's like a 90 minute show. I put all of my energy into that. And then when I get down from stage, I'm really tired. So then I spent the time after that dancing, socializing, hanging out with the band, drinking. And then, you know, by the final time you get to the end, you know, it's 3.30, 4 in the morning. And I'm just so exhausted that I spent all this time with like, hey, this girl's really nice. I'm going to, you know, spend a night with her or whatever. We did have sex, but it wasn't great because we were like both completely exhausted. So you do so get laid on the road. It happens very seldom like all the the timing has to be right in my experience it has happened in the band and it has happened to me but not nearly as frequently as people assume my friends always ask me they say like how are you just like knee deep man just women everywhere <laughs> it's like we it doesn't work like that we don't have the time so <laughs> this this like article was for like the one percent like the ones that have like made it big or something right right and and i could totally see that if you're like a bruno mars or ali mars or somebody on that level but then if you're them you're in the celebrity world and you can't really have a normal relationship with someone who's not celebrity. They'll just be insecurity all over the place, I would imagine. But So the flip side of this was there was a lot of Google searches that were kind of warning women against dating people oh, that yeah. were musicians. Um, there was one, 14 things you need to know before dating a musician, why dating a musician <laughs> is so hard, 11 <laughs> reasons why you shouldn't date a musician. There was a lot of like, stay away 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you experienced this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the times where I'd be, you know, between relationships or something, or maybe I would try a dating app, you know, instantly I've had rejections as soon as they found out. I made a match with somebody. We started communicating a couple of messages back and forth. Things were looking good. And then they found out I'm a musician and they're like, nope, sorry. <laughs> they just so, told you that? Yeah. Did they give an explanation? No. Oh. Just, I don't date musicians. Moving on. So what are some of the negative connotations that make people wary? Uh, kind of what you mentioned earlier, where, you, you know, you assume that uh, musicians play around, you know, because they just have women all over at any times, day or night on the road. So obviously they're just, it's a smorgasbord. They're just running wild, but that doesn't happen. I'd say realistically being gone and just not being present is a difficult factor in the relationships that I've had. Mm. Um, so you'd be, you'd be in a relationship with someone and things are going great, but all the times that they want to go out, you know, you're always playing somewhere on the road. You're just not available. So that can be one issue. If you're just busy and you're really actively pushing and trying to make it, it's hard on the relationship because you're having to resort to FaceTimes and, you know, phone calls on occasion and you're just not there. You know, how often are you on the road? I take it easy. I maybe go two weeks at a time at the most now. And then mostly it's weekends. So maybe four, you know, Thursday through Sunday, four days on the road. Uh, but I know bands and I'm friends with bands that are on the road for two or three months at a time before right. they come home. And their their situations are far worse than mine just because they're not home at all. And how many so, shows do you play on average per week? Maybe about two to three per week. I'd say per year, I'm a little over 100 shows a year which is, it's a, it's a decent amount, but if you're on a label and you're really hustling and they're pushing you out there, you probably play 150 to 180 shows a year. So I'm not quite that much. That's when you're on the road for months at a time. Yeah. I feel like this topic of occupation is really fascinating because there are certain occupations that you have a very set of expectations. You're yeah. like, okay, I know this person is in finance and I know what kind of salary they would make. and I know they have an office job when their office hours are like, but then you have this group of like artists to these occupations where not many people make it in those industries, like yep. actors, musicians, artists. And it's almost like you're being grouped into a very diverse group of people who are at varying stages in their journey. I was telling Julie before we called you was... I feel like there's a catch 22 because you're when you say you're a musician or artist or actor, you're either grouped into the oh, you must be broke yeah. bucket or <laughs> yeah. you've made it right. and now you're a player. Right. There's nowhere in the right. middle. There's no middle yeah. ground. Look, with every other occupation, you right. could be a mid-level manager. Right. You can right? get a promotion every you year, can get gradually a promotion. get up. Yeah. You have a you have a career trajectory, but I think with these lesser known occupations, and people are are just less people are in these occupations. Or more risky, I would say, like in terms of like making it, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. There's like no sweet spot almost. No. How does money and like financial status, do you think that's something that women are conscious about? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't overstate that. It's, it's so, I would say that being a musician, I mean, all art is a little bit different. So if you're an actor or, but if you're a musician, you definitely fall in the category where people just assume that if you haven't made it as a musician, then you're just kind of screwing around. You're not taking your life seriously. You're not taking mm. your profession seriously. And so it's just one of those professions that people think, oh, he's a musician. And then it's an eye roll because, you know, how many of those percentages actually make it and, you know, can sustain a living. But compared to, 
what I was doing before because I was actually I came from the acting world before that I was in sketch comedy and com, you know uh, stand-up comedy and theater and I made far more money on the average just doing a musician uh, like songwriting performing than I ever made uh, oh, right. as an actor and so it made more sense that I could actually sustain myself and make a decent living uh, about the same amount as a elementary school teacher would make if you're a teacher then that has a certain level of establishment to it whereas if you're a musician it's just kind of okay yeah you when are you going to do something real? When are you going to grow up kind of thing? That's super interesting because I feel like a teacher, there's a perception of like, oh, they may not earn a lot, but they're helping with society. Like Mm. they're shaping the minds of our future. It's like almost like, but I totally see what you're saying with like, if you're not making it as a musician, people think that you're just like slacking off. There's like that perception. To follow up on the teacher thing, that's a perfect point because when you're a musician or if you're an actor, you're constantly self-promoting. And so all of that self-promotion comes off as narcissism. But in today's world, like you almost have to self-promote and have to be narcissistic or at least appear to it in order to fight through the crowd. There's just so much. And so there's that stigma that gets attached as well, where you're really not in the service of other people and so it's almost less respected it's kind of like you have a lot of explaining to do if you're a teacher you can just end that sentence there i'm a teacher boom i don't need to explain myself but when you're a musician you kind of have to explain how i got here where i am what what are my aspirations right i think it's the one thing i i kind of i see these parallels with musicians and like startup founders where you're in a band you have a startup and you (laughs) constantly have to push your product forward yep And so when you're a startup founder, you're either broke or you've made it, right? It's also the same thing. And you're constantly trying to like get other people on board with your vision. That's also a tough sell. But the upside is could be very rewarding. So I think that's a really interesting point because that will bring to the one of the other things that came out time after time in those articles of like warning people against (laughs) dating a musician Mm -hmm. is the reliability factor. That was like number Mm -hmm. one. And I think a startup founder, you don't have that vibe, even though they're not mm. making anything potentially there's a feeling that they've got their shit together and they are True. like on it but like for whatever reason there is a vibe for musicians at least in these articles, Donovan, I would love to hear your perception of this, Yes, that women feel that musicians are unreliable. I definitely get that vibe. But then you can also cut through it. It it takes a a certain type, you know, that appreciates quality art or appreciates music or whatever it is. If they're musicians themselves, or maybe they had Mm. a dream when they were younger that they gave up. It's different in the perception internationally too, you know, being in the UK or in Europe, their perception of artists Mm. and how much more respect they probably give them. Them and more time and effort and money. We're in the U.S. We almost we just don't give it the same amount of respect or attention. And I, I think it just depends on how they what what is their own relationship with music mm-hmm. and and thus the realization. Because I've I've met I've gone on dates with women who said that they don't listen to music at all. I'm uh, dumbfounded by that. I'm like, how does that? How do you operate? That might not uh, be the right match for you. Just yeah, yeah it, it definitely it definitely wasn't. That's, That's like that. chef dating someone who only is like yeah. on a liquid diet. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of women are you drawn to? Oh, all kinds. I was thinking about this when I was listening to your your Ginger podcast because he was talking <laughs> about the yellow fever and you know things like that. I have never. I don't have a type. I've dated all kinds and have been attracted to all time all kinds. Um, what about so, other musicians? Yeah, I've, uh, I was actually in a pretty good relationship with another singer. Obviously, it was easy because we had a lot in common and we had a lot of the same trials and tribulations to uh, support each other for. But I also it's different too 
you know, you could run into a guy who's a musician that you're trying to date and he could just be a total egomaniac. And then you meet your other musicians who are a lot more humble and more mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, the community hippie side. You know, they've got that vibe to them. Could be a good or a bad thing, but. Uh... Yep. That's interesting because I feel like I mean, dating a fellow musician would be good because they'd understand. Like they'd understand like if you were mm-hmm. on a show and you couldn't talk or they'd have just more of like empathy for you because they've gone through it. But then I also could see how it get tough if you're both traveling all the time yeah, the and, you're both, and like no one's being that one to actually make that huge um, push and effort. So do yeah, you, absolutely. what do you put in your dating profile? Let's take a break so we can talk about comfy bras because we all deserve to wear bras that don't dig, tug, or chafe. I'm so into my Harper Wild bras because they're simple and functional, smooth, supportive coverage that comes in three shades of nude and in black. I ended up getting all three styles, the t-shirt, push-up, and strapless. Now I'm covered for every occasion. And Harper Wild donates a portion of their sales to organizations dedicated to empowering women. So I feel empowered every time I wear the bras. It's time to start lifting up your ladies with Harper Wild. Go to harperwild.com slash dateable to get started today with a free at-home try-on and get a free bra wash bag. If you have a bra, you need a wash bag. And now you can get one for free. Make sure to select three bras to try on and don't forget to add the wash bag to your cart too. That's Harper Wild spelled W-I-L-D-E dot com slash dateable D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to try on three bras at home for free and receive a free gift. HarperWild.com slash dateable. Now back to the show. What do you put in your dating profile? <laughs> um, what did oh. I do? I actually got rid of them, a, a couple of them recently. I think I... Pull one uh, up. What's your occupation? Uh, I put self-employed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, true, I, I, true. I, kind mm-hmm. of, I kind of dodged the question a little bit until it's absolutely relevant. It's, it's kind of one of those things that I use more as a surprise. They're like, hey, this is this other thing that I do. But when I introduce myself, I don't necessarily... Into, oh, I'm a singer. I'm a musician. I, I don't know. Maybe this is a heightened self-awareness or something. I'm always sensitive to coming across as too arrogant or self-involved. And so a lot of musicians, that's ex- exactly what they go to. You know, if you instantly meet them, they're um, like, oh, well, I'm a musician and here's my CD and here's my, yeah. you know, and I was like, I don't want to be like that. For that reason, I tend to, uh, the experiences I've had in the past, I don't date uh, girls that I meet at shows. Like I specifically try to meet people outside. You know, I have done the dating app thing, but I haven't had a lot of success with that. In other social environments, you know, meetups and things like that, I'll, I'll do a little bit better. So in dating apps, you don't put that you're a musician or any photos of you or anything like that. I will, I might put one, but it's in the back. <laughs> I, I definitely don't lead with it. And okay. then, yeah, I just put, you know, nice photos on there. And, you know, I put some of my other hobbies. So I, right. I swing dance as well. I'm a dancer and that helps me meet a lot of people. When do you reveal that you're a musician? Third date, fourth date? <laughs> I don't wait. I don't wait that long. Just, um, Usually if it's like a dating app, you know, it'll get mentioned in the messages or something before okay. we schedule the first date or on the first date if they ask me what I do, which has happened where I've just remained, you know, really vague up until the actual date. And then the obvious elephant in the room question comes where she's like, okay, so what do you actually do? <laughs> right. You don't want to like hide yourself no. either because like this yeah. is clearly such an important part of you. There's nothing yeah. to be ashamed of either. But. Right. And you were, yeah, and you were saying that it's it's about the perception of the musician. So I immediately, when I tell them I'm a musician, I feel like I have to rush to the defense and be like, right. I'm a musician, but I do make money. So yeah. don't, don't, 
Don't leave. Don't leave. Yeah. It is so fascinating because I've never like, I think like as an outsider to this world, you think of the person on stage. Yeah. Like, you don't think about, I mean, there's so many people involved, like the singer, the songwriters, the producers, like all the things that you mentioned. And like, those are viable income paths. But for whatever reason, like you think of like just someone either struggling or someone that's like totally made it. And in some ways you are fetishized. You know, some people like myself, I fantasize about dating a musician because it's hot. But then when I think about like marrying a musician or carrying on a life with someone, then I'm like, I don't know if that's viable. It might not be that easy. Right. So I see where there's like this attraction, but also there's also people want to run away from it yeah. too. Well, you did bring up a, an interesting point about the the fetishization or the objectification of it. So I have had instances where, and this is why I tend not to date women after shows, is because they see a perception, especially since I'm a very energetic performer and I'm I'm almost like a different person, to believe it or not. I, when I started out, I was more of a character. That's when you're kind of emulating other artists and people mm-hmm. that you appreciate. But as you grow as an artist you kind of find your own voice and you do your own thing but still when I'm on stage I'm a big performer and the energy is great and it's when you're on that stage under those lights you can't do any wrong you're put on a pedestal above everybody else so everyone's looking up to you everything you say is well rehearsed everything you sing is well done it's almost like the perfect projection of whatever that person is and the problem is that the perception from a girl from the audience is this perfect thing but then when you come down Mm -hmm. off the stage and you start talking to them mm. and you're just a normal dude with a normal, <laughs> you know, your normal behavior, normal speech, and you're not this perfect glowing thing that was on stage. <laughs> they, I, I've literally been in instance where I started talking to a girl and right after a show and they were just glowing when I first started talking to them. And then a couple minutes into the conversation, you could just tell that that had been glossed over and they're just not interested anymore because, oh, he's just a normal dude. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's the perception and there's reality. Yeah. And sometimes right. we can't reconcile the two. So what are your career aspirations? Where are you trying to get to? Uh, so I'm a regional touring artist at the moment. So I'm in Texas, Louisiana, and I'm an unsigned, I'm unsigned artist as well. I'd say 90% of the bands don't make it. You might have 10% that do, but there's a bunch of bands that kind of make it to that. They, they reach their ceiling, which is basically the highest point you can get to before you either get signed or you get pushed in a major label. And then you get into that upper 10% if you're lucky. But a lot of bands just end up hitting that ceiling and then that's it. I would say that I'm kind of on the way up, you know, mid-level. The goal is to play internationally. And I have a lot of individualistic goals. When people ask me, what's the biggest thing I want to do? Well, then I'll say, play the Super Bowl or something. (laughs) Because in order to play the Super Bowl, you've had to have done all of this other stuff. So that's like my lofty goal. More realistic is just being a national act and international act and making a living, doing the music that I want to play, not necessarily what uh, a major label would throw on me. I ask this because I think there are different levels of where your career goes and how someone's perception of you could be based on what you say your aspirations are. So my, I have a few friends who are married to actors Mm -hmm. and one of them is married to a guy who his aspirations are to be famous. He wants to be a leading man. He wants to be in a feature film. He wants to see himself on the big screen. And then my other friend is married to this guy who has none of those aspirations. He's like, actually, I'm very happy being on a soap opera. It pays very well. I'm not trying to get famous. I'm just trying to raise my family and my two kids. And I'm very happy because I get to make money doing what I love and being at this level. 
And I don't ever yeah. want to get bigger than that. I think it's interesting to see there are two dynamics because one is like yeah. all about her husband trying to get big and promoting him. And the other one's like, he basically has an office job. But that's like <laughs> any job in a way. Cause it's like, even if you work at like an office job, like there's some people that are there that want to do a good job while True, they're there, yeah. really be devoted to like outside interests and family. And then there's some people that are dying to climb the corporate ladder yeah, and be the CEO. So like, yeah. it's no different in a way. That's true. So Donovan, I'd love to run through some of these (laughs) negative stereotypes. I want to hear if you think that this describes you or doesn't describe you. Oh, boy. (laughs) So I guess the first one is unreliable. Yeah, I don't fit that stereotype at all. But I I know I have friends and I know acquaintances of other musicians who are very unreliable. I think it's different because I'm in a I'm almost like a band leader Mm -hmm. and I have been in all the projects. There's a huge difference between a band leader who is almost an entrepreneur and one of the side guys who plays in five or six different bands and they don't Mm. care where the money comes from. Whoever's paying the most money, you know, that's where they're going to go. Again, something that no one thinks through. Like it's like a one-time stereotype. Okay, the next one is you'll always come second to their music. Ooh. Uh, That's a hard one. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't think so. Again, if it's one of those egomaniac types that's trying to be famous, then yes. But I have seen instances where, you know, guys end up settling down with a woman that they fall in love with. And that's the end of their music career for them because they found so much pain in the struggle of playing music. And then they found somebody that is perfect for them and happily ever after. And they don't care what they do as long as they're with that person. So I've I've seen people give up their music careers to settle down. What about Uh, you, though? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you Uh, met like an amazing woman that you totally fell for and you still needed to tour around, like, how would you balance that? Ooh, yeah, I, I don't know. I would, uh, I would cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that one's a maybe. That's a maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're always away a lot, slash you don't have time to date. I would say it also depends on where the musician has, is at in their career. I'm busy, but I have time and I make time. Just because uh, being on the road is lonely and (laughs) I mean, incredibly lonely. I mean, it's a point where you're if you're on the road for three or four or five days at a time, you're just hanging out with the dudes that are in your band. And then you end up playing this show and suddenly a 60 year old woman looks good to you (laughs) because you haven't been around women or you haven't seen women. Or, okay. you know, vice versa. The worst thing is, is that you're a you know, 25, 26 year old musician and you're on the road and, you know, you start seeing like 16 or 17 year old girls and they look <laughs> older to you because, oh. you know, it's it works both ways. You're just not seeing you're not around women. You're not socializing with women. And so, yeah, your mind plays tricks on you and you start <laughs> and wow, reaching is- out. You're like. It's crazy. It 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 really does. It's it's that is so yeah. far from the stereotype of swimming and women that like you wouldn't have any <laughs> right. time to like. It sounds like you would be very much open to like FaceTiming with someone that you were interested. Yeah. In. Well, I mean, you're yeah. still swimming in women. They're just uh, twenty <laughs> years older than you. Right. Or you're you're swimming in women. Women. They're just really hard to uh, reach and to make tangible. Because actually, if we get technical, like sealing the deal with a girl after a show or like a groupie, for lack of better term, is 
is very difficult. Why though? Yeah. There's so many intangibles. There's like all these things that have to align perfectly. Sometimes the the girl gets cold feet at the last minute. You know, she's like with a guy and then maybe she comes to her senses and realizes like, hey, what am I doing? I'm just randomly hooking up with a stranger. I don't know. And then it's also has to be like the type of personalities, the musician and the girl or the musician and the guy or whatever it might be. And you have to be in the right place with the right amount of time because if you're on the road, you're leaving at eight o'clock the next morning, you know, so there's a lot of logistics to deal with. Got <laughs> so it. Got there's, it. A, there's a lot of stuff. But when it does happen, it's kind of, I don't know, it's almost like, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, but more often than not, it, it doesn't. So next stereotype. Okay. There's two more. Well, there's the players will cheat, but I think we've kind of covered we cover that, that one. That doesn't sound like you are a player. <laughs> the <laughs> next one is will write songs about you or their ex-girlfriend. So basically Ugh. nothing in your relationship is private. Ugh. I... I don't do that, which is like, that's the whole Taylor Swift thing. I don't understand why she does that. I don't understand why she does that. Maybe if she's just an, you know, an attention freak, like she just has to have it and staying in the tabloids and people asking questions about her songs. But I have written songs about past experiences or past relationships, but they're always vague enough that that person probably doesn't know it's them. Okay. And then the last one, your social life is now their gigs. <laughs> no, I prefer anyone I date that they have their own stuff. They have their own clique of friends. They have their own hobbies that they do. Obviously, it's nice to have some mutual ground and things that you share, but I prefer them to have their own things. What about where so that, you take them on dates? You're not like, here, I'm playing at the show tonight. Come yeah. along. No, that usually works best if you're trying to impress someone and you're still getting to know them, but you haven't really gone on a date yet. It's kind of like, you know, the interest or maybe you've gone on one date, but they don't really know you outside of wherever you met them. They don't know you as a musician yet. So it's almost like, you know, you invite them so that they see that side of you and they either, you know, tuck the table and run away or, uh, <laughs> or they're just, you know, really turned on by it. Who knows? Speaking of self-promotion <laughs> that we talked about before, in your opinion, what is the best thing about dating you? We had this question as what's the best thing about dating a musician, but we're talking about you specifically. So oh boy. sell yourself, Donovan. Oh boy. That's a, that's a, that's a toughie one. Best thing about dating a musician or just me particularly? You in particular, who happens to uh, be a musician. Well, I promise to not write any songs about you. <laughs> if I'm like, promise to not write any songs about you. I actually do make a good living and, um, let's see. We got to work on your I'm, pitch. I'm a, lot, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more reliable than the musicians that maybe other people have heard of. So as far as like being reliable and being committed and, mm -hmm. you know, doing all the things that somebody would find in a. Uh, responsible. Um, I fit that bill. So I'm not the stereotype. I will say when we met you, you were very down to earth. Very. That almost kind of, like I said, it, it plays to a disadvantage sometimes because I'm just kind of a normal guy, but on stage I'm Superman. So it's kind of strange. I, it's almost like people expect me to be that person all the time. And I'll be, that would be so exhausting. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's like you're Ro Robin Williams. He just never shut it off. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was just, that would wear me out. Okay. So now that we got you, what is the best thing about dating a musician just so we don't have all negative? qualities and or unrealistic mm. qualities i would say that there's a really strong emotional element to most of musicians and performers usually very 
in touch with their uh, their emotions and very perceptive of other people's emotions. If they're good at what they do, they almost have to be that. You're filtering whatever uh, emotion through your music or through your words, and you're also feeling the audience and how they're reacting mm -hmm. to it. So you're they're usually generally good communicators. Conflict that comes up or just being sensitive to you know your boyfriend girlfriend's issues and stuff that might come up. Yeah, well, those are all great qualities. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great way to talk about takeaways from our conversation. I'll kick us off. One is obviously we just can't stereotype anybody for yeah. their occupation. It's unfortunate that we live in a society where we're shaped by that and we are have all these expectations about someone because of their occupation. It's hard to unlearn that. That's also something we need to actively try to do. Like if we're on the dating apps, maybe that shouldn't be the first thing you look at or maybe you sh shouldn't even put it in your dating profile because it should just come up in conversation when you're meeting yeah. in person. I think mine's very similar in the sense like this kind of reminds me of the ginger stories mm. or <laughs> any of like the race things we've talked about is like why does this one set of stereotypes persist right. for everyone? Like you were talking about there's the uh, band manager versus the like more of like the sideline person. Mm -hmm. Like there's all different roles like any other company or any other occupation. Like why should everything get stereotyped into one thing? And mm -hmm. I think like this definitely helped me also understand the different levels that could be there. I think my other takeaway for maybe um, as a thought for you, Donovan, is I don't know if it's, I don't know if you have to hide that you're a musician. Yeah. Like, I think it's I like, totally agree. I feel like I get at some point, like maybe, maybe don't put it like front and center in the profile, but like if you want to not weed people out, but at the same time, you could weed the right people in. Or at least having these conversations. Mm -hmm. When we were actually at South by Southwest, we met with Bumble and we talked about like, should I include like that I do the dateable podcast? Because my right. concern is like people oh. may think like, hey, I'm just trying to get guests or I'm just trying to get the juicy story. I'm not really there for dating, which isn't true. So like, what is that line? So maybe you come out and say, hey, I know these are the stereotypes. Like, I'm not a like I'm not unreliable. Like, mm -hmm. I show up. I will play plan dates like I'm not going to make you come to my show as a date like whatever it may be like maybe you just own it a little more yeah I yeah. I have the same feedback for you Donovan I feel like it's actually your thoughts about other people's stereotypes of you that are holding you back when in fact maybe these people don't really feel this way about you so I think one you should just own it come out with it when you're when you're dating someone and the people who will respect you are going to be the ones that will pursue you versus the ones who are so occupation driven you don't want to be with those women anyway right, right? and I, I think like the other part is from our conversation alone I think you could insert yourself even more I know you're so afraid of self-promotion you don't want to be that narcissistic guy but even in our conversation today I'm like I think you could insert yourself more I want to know more about who Donovan is not who other musicians are so I think you could also do that in your dating life too it's all good feedback I think it's a you know a mix of the the ginger drawback with the musician. That was a, it was a very heartfelt podcast when I listened to it. I was just, it was amazing. But you know what? There, <laughs> there is a woman who is hot for ginger who is a musician. I mean, I think, yeah, like at the end of the day, like I think we all, like we're always talking about like ways to combat these stereotypes and just go in with like an open, this is Donovan, this isn't like all musicians and you right. don't represent every single person and 
all of that. I guess from your perspective, do you have any takeaways from this conversation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, just the understanding kind of the, the perception. I learned that <laughs> musicians aren't swimming in women. So <laughs> next time we should have the courage to approach musicians because we just assume they're swimming in women. So they are too busy. But maybe it's nice to have someone coming up to them and, and just saying hello and how much you admire their work and tell them that you have a crush on them. But this was great. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and your occupation. <laughs> I've Again, I've never dated a musician, so I wouldn't yeah. have an idea. Where Give it a whirl. Where <laughs> can people find you? This is the time to self-promote. Where can people find you? Uh, so my website is DonovanKeithMusic.com and also Instagram at DonovanKeithMusic. Uh, we're Austin, Texas based, but uh, we play all over the country. And actually we're coming to San Francisco in June. So I'll awesome. sure invite you. What date and where? So Sunday night, June 9th at Biscuits and Blues. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Very excited. We'll definitely be there supporting you. We'll be your groupies. You'll at least yeah. have two. Oh, oh that boy. are cougars. Yeah. Well, I oh, might be man. a cougar for you, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Donovan, thank you so much again for coming on our show. It was so fun meeting at you at South by Southwest. What a great event. And we can't wait to see where your career goes, yeah. but also keep us updated on your dating life. Yeah. Definitely. And maybe- awesome, ladies. Thank you for having me. So we are still looking for guests for upcoming seasons. We love to have you as a guest on our show. Reach out to us if you'd like to tell us your story. Maybe there's a musician out there that has a totally different take that is yeah. basking in all the ladies getting thrown at All the, the single ladies out or there. female musician. Or if you want to be matched up with Donovan, yeah. hey, reach yeah. out to us and we'd be happy to make that introduction. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Stay Your action item for this week is to identify the biases you have in your head that have limited you in your love life. Whether it's your occupation, looks, or whatever it may be, jot those down. Next, identify which ones on your list are in your control and which ones are not. For the ones that are completely out of your control, shift your mindset and turn those biases into what's uniquely you. Embrace them. Want to continue the conversation? First, tag us in any post with hashtag StayDateable. Then head on over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching services with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. To connect with us, find Datable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also downloadable on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.